This week's episode is brought to you by Dear Chronicle. Want to travel through time? Want to send other people through time? Are you a fan of steampunk? Well, now with Dear Chronicle... Stop the recording! Who are you? I'm you, from the future. Why do you sound like Sean Connery? That's not the point. You have to come with me. Why? Because Dear Chronicle is going to ruin the metagame. Why do you say that? It seems like they've already, you know, ruined it. Look, just get in the goddamn time machine already. <sighs> Alright. Guess I'm going with my future self to... What, save Vanguard? No, I just wanted to get a beer with someone and I'm really lonely. Really? Yeah. <sighs> okay. I guess we're doing that. And I'm Matt. And I'm Axel. And today we're 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 doing our very last plan analysis, which means going forward we're gonna have to think of things to talk about. Oh shit. Um, well, speaking of going forward, uh, today we're gonna be talking about the uh, if you didn't get process of elimination already, Gear Chronicle. Um, and that's also why we brought Axel here, because Axel won uh, Bouchard's Grand Fest with said Gear Chronicle, so I figured this was fitting. Um, so, I feel like that, like, what's the best way I can describe it? So, Gear Chronicle, I think, was the first clan that was introduced in, like, way too long of a time. Like, what was the last clan introduced before Gear Chronicle? Link Joker. Link Joker. Link Joker. Or, right? actually, no, it would be, no, be Token and Rambu, then Link Joker, I think. Token and Rambu is not a clan. <laughs> oh, no, it's, um, it's Nubatama's Resurrection. No, what are we talking about? Are we just talking about, like, new clans being added into Vanguard? Yeah, yes. it would just yeah. be Link Joker. No, uh... It'll be, it'll be Link, uh, Token, and Gears. Those are the three added. Everything else was, like, set in stone, like, before. Well, Genesis mm-hmm. came in 10, but... Yeah, like pretty much. Um, mm. But yeah, so that, it, it's definitely um, a, a, a cut, like not a cut above the rest. Although, if you're looking at it from a meta standpoint, it is a cut above the rest. Um, but it's also the only Dark Zone clan that isn't especially concerned with the soul. I've noticed. Um, so like Spike Brothers, Dark Regulars, and Pale Moon all care about soul to one extent or another, and Gears just kind of don't. Um, but uh, they were introduced in GBT-01 Generation Stride. Uh, that was a hell, a hell of a segue. Um, I don't know. The, 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 it's steampunk dragons and Gears and steam and people and guys with swirly like, hair. Actually... I actually like the aesthetic of Gear Chronicle quite a bit. Oh hell yeah, me too. It's it's it's. I mean, it's pretty. I one thing I don't like about the aesthetic of Gear Chronicle is how dark it is. But I under, I understand like it's dark zones, but it makes the template like a bunch of like purples and like dusty golds. It's like kind of gets tiring after a while. When you say dark, you mean like lack of light, like, right? Yeah, like everything's like purple and dark gold and you know, that kind of thing. It's kind of like gets old after a while. Mm-hmm. Like every card kind of looks the same. I mean, you kind of have that with, uh, like, Dark Regu- like dark Zone in general. It's very, a lot of purple, you know? Mm-hmm. Spike Brothers have a lot of green in there because of the fields, but 
really it's just it's purple and purple. Yeah. So but uh so Deer Chronicle introduced in GBTO one. So the original like point of it was to uh it had skills that put the opponent's rear guards to the bottom of their deck. Um and it had a lot of like uh, there was a lot of names for it. So there was like rewinding, fast forwarding, uh bottom decking. I didn't think of like a thousand others that people argue over because they never gave it a full name. I just said spin. Spin. That was another one. Um, it's the shortest one, right? Yeah. It's most efficient. And if you're Matt, efficiency is everything. True. Um, they, uh, like, starting from GBTO 1 and 2, they didn't really have, like, much of a competitive presence, did they? Because no. I wasn't quite back yet. Axel, can, it, you, can you weigh in on this, or...? I haven't, like, the thing is, like, I haven't really played in that, er- like, era, but, like, the thing oh. I know is, like, it wasn't at all because it needed the GBTO5 support, the Melum, because the thing is, Gears couldn't efficiently do multi-attacks. The best they could do before the Melum introduction was, like, um, pretty much, like, Ice Swing with Upstream, hits for Magic Number, make it into a 1, then mm-hmm. attack with, like, history maker boosted by something to make a like a magic number and then you make the grade one that was called from upstream's effect that's rested into another upstream right yeah and then you can swing with upstream again so and then you attack with vanguard that like allows you to just do like a four like a four attack combo and in a way like that's still pretty impressive to an extent right Mm -hmm. because um any multi-attack um in vanguard is very like key um but like it was, it was good because you just counterblast one for attack. It's a counterblast one extra attack, but it wasn't strong enough compared to the early support of the like the that and the past like Legion support. Like Legion was just too relevant still. Mm-hmm. And what was it? I think in GBT01, especially with like Kagro getting the the like because the G zone was like only restricted to eight and G like. You know, and next stage was came out at GPTO four, right? So yeah. GPTO one to three, like Gear Chronicle was like pretty much absolutely shit because mm-hmm. it's better to even just straight up just Legion. You play Overlord the cross, and your Legion effect is probably like the best thing in the fucking game. And if you don't want a Legion, you go to the GPTO one Kagro unit that you flip a copy of itself, and you can retire a whole column for free. It's just an act. Root flare. Yeah, root yeah, flare. The yeah. Early uh, Stride era, so this is, you know, like, GBT1 to up to GBT, like, 3 or 4-ish, uh, was a bunch of just relying on past legions. And if you got Stride support, then your deck was flat, your deck was generally better than those without it. Like, like uh, well, Revenger was fucking broken still, like, uh, with Abyss. Yeah. Like, you didn't even re- need a G-Zone. Like, just straight up, like, you turn 1, you just can, like, depending on, like, what your build is, you can summon your grade 1 7k that attacks us 10k meters. You mm-hmm. go to your sec, you go to grade 2, you just call Abyss or like uh, like Blaster Abyss or just Revenger Blaster and just retire the whole field beforehand. Like, like you couldn't like out-pressure like a pretty much a non-restricted deck. Right, like, and you can still play stuff like the Riser deck for uh, Nova Grappler. Nova Grappler got stride support very early on, too. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot. Catbuller was just fucking broken. Like, it was still yeah. broken. Like, it was like a it was a tier zero deck at one point. It became tier one. Because, like, no one can beat that. It's because stride right. meta was still, like, irrelevant. 
Yeah, mm -hmm. so like a, a big problem for Gear Chronicle was they introduced the generation break mechanic uh, with, you know, starting with generation break. And uh, so the problem was that you couldn't do things until you started striding. And also for the Legion decks that were, you know, still good before this, why would you run GB cards if you don't plan on striding? It was just like a, you know, like out of going out of your way to really do things. So Gear Chronicle was largely kind of ignored. You'd have people who were like, ooh, shiny new thing, or ooh, steampunk, which I, admittedly I was one of those people at first. Um, but I think like the first glimmer of Gear Chronicle really like coming into the forefront because it is the protagonist clan was in GBT04 where you had Next Stage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because um, I was like the the very few restanding vanguards uh ever added like that's a great four yeah so next stage was uh after an attack counterblast one drop three flip a copy of itself and then he goes back to g zone and you restand your chrono jet so like that meant you got five drive checks and then your chrono jet uh because of his gb2 skill could be a 16k with no grade one or higher so if you left your booster standing while you were doing this, then, you know, Chronojet could be fucking huge, potentially. Yeah. And like, Chronojet's DB1 at the time was, like, pretty good because guards didn't exist yet, so the yeah. guard district was broken. Oh, no, like, like Chronojet, the old Chronojet was just straight up broken after GBTO5 because, like, the most basic oh. play you would do is, like, you Melum history, and then you swing with Melum, call a crit trigger, and then, like, you can add a crit trigger to the field beforehand. And then, yeah, you don't boost, you don't use the boost uh, that's behind next stage. And then you swing with, like, the Chrono Dragon and put two crit triggers into it, 26k base, and then 7k boost to make it 33. And then if you carried over any power, like, any trigger from next stage over to, like, the booster, you'll be swinging for, like, over 41k. And then there's no G Guardian, so, like, it was just an instant loss. <laughs> yeah. Good God. I, I was about to go into GBT05, but yeah, you pretty much you covered it for me. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And it, it was still telegraphed too, but there's no way around it. That's the issue. What are you gonna do? Like, oh, he's gonna do this, but like, it's Vanguard. <laughs> you, you can you can play Bal Balrog and you can play Kagro and try to stop it. And that was one of the very few decks that, in a way, could. But the thing is, like. Um, the matchup between, like, Kagura was actually, like, really strong at the pinnacle of, like, around that area, but it, the Kagura vs. Gear matchup was the fact that the Gear player had to, like, whiff really hard, but that was almost impossible, because you would run Chrono Dragon, and then you run uh, Balut, mm -hmm. so it's like, they already had a way of getting their grade 3, the wanted grade 3, so they had that flexibility, and then the other thing was just the fact that even if you were Balrog or whatever, like, whatever tech you wanted in your deck, um, the Gear player can play, like, a very slow-paced game with just Metallica Phoenix, and where, it, like, they'll just go for plus turns, and they'll not, like, call their Urwater, and if they even did, and you kill it, it didn't matter, because Urwater was restricted to, what, zero? Like, you can run four in your deck. So there was, no, there was like, nothing to fear for Gears, because you ran four Urwater. Like, yeah. so Balrog, what, is going to fuck up one Urwater? Okay, he calls another Urwater. Then he calls another Urwater, and another one. It's like, unless you're going to use all four of your Balrog and kill four Urwater, like, good luck with that. Because yeah. the Nile Griffin came at GBTO seven. Yeah, so uh, so GBTO five is when it, they really got huge because you had the perfect storm of TikTok, Melum, Urwatar. Uh, oh, yeah, the four TikTok. Yeah, and then History Maker came with that trial deck, which came out at the same time. 
Um, so it was definitely like a moment of triumph because like the main character clan was finally relevant, which comparing to, uh, you know, the old main character clan of Royal Paladin and the Gold Paladin, both of them were pretty much relevant from the start. But in this particular case, it took some time. Eh? Eh, fuck it. Yeah. To, <laughs> to get going. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I want to hit myself for that pun. That was terrible. I, I, I have <laughs> a contract that whenever you make a joke like that, I'm supposed to just not respond. <laughs> yeah, when you sign on to Nexus at night, whenever Atlas makes a pun, don't respond. <laughs> Matt Barber Flourish Alright um, So moving forward uh, Gears We're pretty much getting support Either every set Or every other set So yeah. no, no, that, that That's like Kind of like a, Okay so That's the one thing I didn't like About like the The audience Like of the Vanguard Is like people complain Like they're always getting support But the thing is like In a way yes Every set that we're getting something, but nothing was used in future sets besides from everything. Like, Melon was the only thing people, like, took from GB2-5. GB2-6, 7, 8, 9, no one touched anything. It was just the only two set that was ever relevant that changed the whole format of Gears was GB2-5 and Zodiac Time Beast Trial Deck. That's it. Okay, Like, well, Groovy, you don't need to run Groovy. You don't need to run any, like, additionals. Like, those were, I, like, not really needed. Okay, I actually made the joke a lot that, like, any gear support like printed like now and and this is no longer a relevant statement because the the gear deck is changing with new support but uh like but you know between like sets nine and, and seven i was like it's like the gear support just doesn't even matter they can print whenever they want because no one cares and it's just eating up space it's just printing it to print it doesn't matter yeah um honestly like in response to that statement the fact like other people did have a reason to be salty where like you would they would get support less frequently and uh it wasn't really doing anything as opposed to gears was getting so much support that it oversaturated their competitive viability as matt just said a second ago but that's all i'm going to say about that um i, mean, but... I, I think the thing to be angry about is you have clans that have existed since the beginning of the game like Merkumo or mega colony you know these clans are really bad yeah. who have less support than Gear Chronicle, and Gear Chronicle is, like, among the newest clans in the game. It is the newest clan in the game. Sure. Totem Rainbow is not a clan. Moving on. Fair. Uh, <laughs> well, you gotta understand this, right? Like, if Gear wasn't actually in the meta, right? If Gear wasn't in the meta, and then we cut down, like, the current meta decks that just, like, okay. Like, Mega Colony was fine. Like, the deck itself was, like, viable and good. Like, the current, like, Mega Colony deck you can make right now. Like, there's the whole point of the deck and the flow of it's good. Like, if you add any more support to it, you can, like, make the deck actually, like, tier one. And that's not what Bushiro is trying to do. They're just trying to give enough support that's reasonable. Like, there's no power of power creeping a card or power creeping a clan. Like, mm -hmm. that's why Bushiro made, like, so much unnecessary support that never got touched for Gears because they were trying to find, like, a way for the gear audience to kind of switch over to lesser like cards in a way and try to like restrict and ban cards like restricting the Urwater and people be like oh maybe people will consider less playing history melon because there's only mm -hmm. one Urwater so it's like it's like uh if Urwater goes to the damage zone like you're kind of fucked so maybe people will rotate towards a more of a consistent deck because that's what the I mindset mean, of every card game is i mean life life finds a way unfortunately uh yeah the real secret was making enough good Zodiac time. Like, 
since Chrono is playing Zodiac Time Beast in the show, it's very clear that Bouchard wants people to move toward that in that or in that direction. And so it was probably only a matter of time until people needed to start moving towards Zodiac Time Beast. Um, yeah, pretty much. So like we can pretty much gloss over seven and nine because no one cared about what was going on in those sets because like Axel said, nothing of note came out. If you wanted, I guess like if you just dis- was the only thing in set nine, like hard I mean, support. Uh, I, I was mostly just talking about within Gears, yes. Like Gears, Set, yeah. set okay. 9, you had the Luard stuff, and you also had uh, Wailing Thavas for Aquaforce. But that was pretty much it. Um, so Set 11 uh, is the set that's currently out right now. And yes. uh, it, gave, it, it gave you some stuff, like, uh, we were talking about this a little bit before the show, like Avenir, or was it Avenir? Avenir. Yeah. Avenir Phoenix. Avenir Phoenix. So th- this made the the ZTB stuff more like a, um, like a gold paladin kind of feel. I think it's gold paladin and OTT and blaster. Like kind of had a child. Yeah. No way. No, I can see it. It um, makes gold paladin look really bad. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> like all the gold paladin stuff is going down because of this. So like Avenir Phoenix was a triple R stride from eleven. Uh, if you you know you, you can hear about it in our episode covering demonic advent, but we'll just do it again. So his skill is a counterblast one. Flip a copy of himself when he attacks. You may pay the cost if you do. Reveal five cards from the top of your deck and call up to two zodiac time beasts from among them to separate rear guards uh, for each face up card in your G zone. Put the rest on the bottom of your deck in any order. Uh, and then uh, the other skill is GB three. Uh, all your zodiac time beasts get plus two K. So that's not the 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 main point is the first thing. So it's basically glorious raining. <laughs> like, um, yeah, it, it, it's a little bit. Uh, you can do it first stride, but it's, it's better. Well, than glorious raining. So you can do it earlier, and uh, you call to no matter what. So just you can do it earlier. That's the big thing. Um, and. Glorious, you neg two, don't you? You have to like, get two cards from the field and put it into the bottom of your deck or something. Okay. That's right. Yeah, so normally that would be a bad thing, but because it's Gold Paladin and you call so much, that can actually save your butt. But uh, the main thing is because you can get more attacks out of it. You can go, attack with these two, put them to the bottom, check top seven, call two more, like that kind of thing. Um, from what awesome. I know, the Gold Paladin support, they don't have anything that like uh, like that when a unit swings, you call a unit. I think besides like one or two cards, but they don't even run anymore. You have Quill, you have... Uh... You don't run that anymore. Some people, then... so much, it's so much on place, and what's awkward about Gold Paladins is, like we said, Glorious Raining calls a bunch of stuff on attack, but you're still forced to play these stupid stand triggers, because otherwise you just run out of CB. Yeah. So, it's so miserable. Yeah, so, basically, like, we're, we're gonna say this until our head explodes. Gold Paladin is too fair. Moving on. Um, so, now, uh, in, at least within the context of the main sense, Gear Chronicle has turned into like this kind of weird gold paladin clone-ish, um, which would also be a good time to explain what their keyword is. So, uh, like we said, gears were originally for uh, putting things on the bottom of the deck, but around GBT05, they introduced the keyword Time Leap. One of you guys want to take this one? Um... So what they is, take it in what sense? Like, tell, so us, time, tell us what Time Leap is. Yeah. Time Leap is an ability that it, it uh, sends a unit to the bind zone, and then you search your deck for a unit with one grade higher and call it 
somewhere. Doesn't whatever. And at the end of turn, you put the unit called with this effect on the bottom of your deck. And if you did, you can return the thing that was bound. Yeah. Or call the thing that was bound somewhere. Yeah. So so I did like in the show they make it look like it's this kind of back to the future thing like sometimes when they time leave chronodron he just like the two trails of fire like the delorean and then he shows up as you know a grade one or whatever else um honestly like this is probably the best keyword in the game because uh you can search anything that's not true okay yeah i don't think that's true i think rescue is the most broken keyword in the game are you freaking serious Rescue is also good yeah rescue is also very good I, but uh, I think you can't that, get anything because at world if, you have if we're purely talking about keyword and not the, the deck itself, it's rescue. I actually, hmm, this is interesting. This is a debate for a different podcast. Deck, I, I, then, I, I definitely, then, yeah, definitely, I we definitely need to like sit down and hash this out somewhere else because like stuff's gonna come out. <laughs> but moving on from that, um, but timely is very very good. Is the point? Yeah, like it's the the point is that it's an it's a it's an active keyword, like it's an action that you do, yeah, unlike there's... something like Thunderstrike, which is like a restriction. No, so like there's two types of keyword in the game, right? There's it's called one is called an activation keyword, meaning like Thunderstrike ritual, and then one is an act keyword where it actually has an action. It's a skill, so a skill keyword and an activation keyword, and time leap is a skill keyword because it gives you a skill in a way. Yeah, right. And those keywords are just in general better. Yeah, in generally better. Yeah, and like because you get a skill, an activation keyword lets you enable. So if we say if we had a debate of purely like what's the best activation keyword, you have to find the activation keyword that's like the most simplest to do, and it's Ho- like war. It's it's like it's a ritual or it's hollow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the most flexible ones for sure. Yeah. Uh, there's also, like, a subset of the activation keyword. I call them states. So, like, charging, hollow, etc. That's not the point. But, um, so, with Time Leap, a lot of the stills were, uh, like, during the battle phase. Um, aside from, you know, Chronojet's, uh, or the new Chronojet, Chronojet G's, uh, Stride Still and Warp Drive Dragon... A lot of these time leap things were happening during the battle phase, and this also coincided with the invention of G guards. Uh, so this kind of helped shift Vanguard into a more multi-attack meta that we're still in, um, where having more like if you can get like five attacks or more that are you know 11k base, it's better than if you have three attacks that are like 26. See Pale Moon. <laughs> Um, yeah. I think, um, I think a lot of people in Vanguard, this is like a, like a topic that me and my friends, we always discuss about is like, they net deck really hard, but they don't even know what the function of the deck does. Yeah. And like, I talk to people who play ZTB and I'm like, when you play ZTB, um, like what is the purpose? And they try to explain to me now. And then the second question, I'd be like, hey, do you use Chrono Dragon G skill like all the time you stride? They're like, yeah, it's fucking free. I'm like, that's not what you do, actually. Explain. Because when I say the the deck itself, it's uh, like an OTT deck, mm-hmm. you trigger stack because Avenir Phoenix and Cruiser skill is that you can rearrange the cards that you didn't use in the bottom of your deck. Yeah. And then because it's a plus engine deck with Tiger, where you draw cards and then Transient Dragon... 
that where you plus card and Avenir Phoenix plusing your card, you can thin out your deck where you can swing and pull out the like the old Tsukiyomi be like, oh, I do my triple check, crit, 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 and you win. Yeah. That's how you're supposed to play um, like ZTB. There's like there's multiple playstyles, and you're not supposed to time leap as much without the deck. There's like well, you don't because you, sh- you shuffle. Because you shuffle, yeah. and that's the whole reason. So like when the three gear decks that you can play right now is pure time leap, hybrid, and ZTB. Pure time leap, you know, you, the whole point of purpose is like time leap. Hybrid yeah. is the fifty fifty. ZTB, you're not supposed to time leap. The only time you really time leap is for resource management to summon out Chrono, the Grade Three, uh, the Serpent, where you counter charge. Mm-hmm. So like the whole point is you gain plus advantage, stack your deck. You can do multi attacks, and then that's the main three reason of the deck. And people have been playing the deck really bad, and though it's it's just like it's kind of frustrating to see because I'm just like you guys are net thinking, and you guys are saying this deck is like broken as fuck. Like, do you even know why it's broken? I mean, and they're like, oh, like you, uh, you're definitely a, a cut above the rest, both in tournament results and like. So, for example, I noticed that in like the straight up time leap deck, people are running one or two delayed blazer. And I, they never, no one could give me a good answer as to why. And uh, Delayed Blazer was just like on call, you can time leap a grade two. But what I saw you doing was you were playing what, three or something like that? Three or four? I ran three. Three. Okay, so you were running three, so that was part of your multi attack engine where you were getting like what, six, seven, eight attacks a turn? At. Mm, like, okay, so I guess the reason I ran three. It's like there's a mis uh, like I guess information is because of consistency. Because cons- cons- yeah, misconception. It's because of consistency. Like I ran two Lishmas, not because I'm using both the Lishmas in a game, it's because of consistency. Mm-hmm. And the thing is there are plays that I can make with using all three delay blazers in one turn, but those plays are like very low chances because they have a high setup. But like what a gear player like needs to do to be like very optimal is trying to make the best setup you can in that turn by using the least amount of resource. So like uh, I showed this to a bunch of my friends. I can do a first turn, ten attack that all the ten attacks are hitting more than eleven K plus with Fawn Long. And people were saying like Fawn Long is shit to me. And they're like, why would you run this card? And I'm like, well because you can do a ten turn co- a ten attack combo. Okay. It's because like it's it's just like the whole point is like my deck is not built around delay blazer, in a way. Well, I mean, just like, like that, that was just an example of yeah, like so, something something that like no one could give me a good answer for why to because run it. Pe- because people don't read Vanguard like people didn't even know that you can uh, timely delay blazer itself. Yeah, hashtag reading is difficult, but um, it's. Uh... Like, honestly, a lot of this episode is just going to be talking about the competitive standpoint of Gear Chronicle because it's got, like, no history. This is, like, Gear Chronicle is the America of Vanguard clans. It started, it started really, really late. It, uh, it took a little while to get going, but once it started to get going, it, uh, it took shit over hard. Well, I think it's mainly because, um, like... Uh, how do I explain it? Like I so like I said, like your Chronicle really didn't get any big support since like GBTO five slash trial deck, and 
it's like if we see from like last year's champion Daniels Middlesworth who played seven C's in the finals, but before the finals, whether he was qualifying, he was playing Gear Chronicles, and his deck was not like super optimized. That's the thing, like. The whole point of like gears is like you want to just like optimize on the deck and know as many combos as you can. But the thing is like you can't really learn the combo unless you play the deck a lot and against like good people. Um, so like I had the pleasure of you know in Toronto we're like gear fucking city. Like our top eights pretty much um, before the last top eight was like our top eight was six gear players. Like in no other region this year had more than like top eight having like two to three gears but we are top eight with six gears players and the thing is like canada's not really super like big in community of like vanguard players so we face the same people like every single day and you just like kind of force yourself to just get better and better so like that's like like in a way my luxury and when i came to like america for grand fest and when i visited america to visit some like vanguard friends like what i found out is like people in america like just don't play gears and if they do they just don't know how to and i'm just like what do you mean like you don't know how to like can you read and i found like people just like being spoon-fed like a deck list but they just don't know how it functions because they don't go out of their way to uh research videos like there's videos in youtube um by japanese vanguard channels vgcis big tournaments they upload and you can just watch them play you don't need to know their language you just like watch them play and the combos they do is like something you'll never probably ever see in your life. I, I want to make the comment that I actually think net decking is fine and people can no, do no, it. No, no, it's fine. But yeah. like but you need to you know should why. play the deck. Like, <laughs> and like, like a, if you, if, like, I don't mind like net decking a deck and just taking it to locals and just playing it like there, like learning the deck like as I go. I don't care about that. Like that, that's fine, right? I, 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 I'm a, I think quickly and read quickly. It's not, I'm not going to go yeah, to time. But people, people like you are different, though. I'm saying, like, that's fine, right? Like, if you're going to actually go out of your way and try to, like, learn the deck and, like, uh, in a way, research a bit, like, that's fine. That's the, like, if, if you're net decking for that purpose, that's fine. But there's people that are just, like... They'll net deck um, and then just... They'll net deck, and in their mind, they're like, oh, this deck is fucking broken because it tops yeah. somewhere, and they don't even know what, like, how the deck functions... And they just, like, play it, and they fucking lose with it, and they're just like, oh my god, like, fuck this game, it's fucking luck, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's like, you just don't know why that person had that specific ratio. You don't know why that person ran, like, a weird ratio. Maybe because his play style is different. Maybe he ran a lot of grade twos and a lot of grade threes because he plays a prolonged grade two game. Like, that's the thing. Like, people, like, I generally just dislike that, like, net decks and they don't, like, put effort into and they complain about the game. Like, don't complain about this game. If you're complaining about it, don't play the game. Yeah, people... Um, what The worst thing, I think, worse than people just saying a deck sucks because, you know, they're not willing to learn it is when they just take forever with it. Like, especially, like, at, like, a larger event where people will be playing a deck and they clearly don't know how it works, but they're, like, trying to figure it out, like, as they're playing in a large event. Like, you should have been learning this deck prior to this. And draws and actual Bushi events are awful. Yeah, like, there are no draws. It's just a double loss. It's just like this—that's not acceptable. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, you can do it at locals, but come on, get your shit together. Get your shit together, Summer. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I don't really know what else to uh, talk about. Uh, uh, I guess like their TDs and stuff. 
because, uh, like, in terms of their TDs, was, was there anything significant aside from History Maker in the Time Leap one? And the... Uh, Metallica and Phoenix. Metallica Phoenix. And then... Yeah, and like, then, um... Trying to think. The, in the TD, the only card... Like the original TD was yeah just uh, Metallica Phoenix, Chrono Dran, and History Maker, and that's it. Yeah. And then and the ZTB TD ZTB added. is like Fonlong, Lishma, Triggers that have ZTB in their you know their I guess was class name I don't know uh, type name type name yeah and then uh, race I think it. it's called. Race, like, yeah, race. Yeah. Um, they they also uh, put uh, Melum in. They reprinted Melum in the GTB. Yeah. TV. No, they didn't. No, they reprinted it in the revival. The revival collection. All oh, right. In oh, no, Japan, sorry, in Japan, Melum in the uh, Aluru, the original Aluru, the Aluru Gard. The... They got reprinted. Yeah. Um. The true tragedy of ZTB is that you can't play the cute Aluru kill trigger anymore. Oh, yeah. Gotta, gotta play that hamster. Is that what it is? It's a hamster, isn't it? No, sure. you can... There's a new girl uh, ZTB unit in oh. GBTO 11. She's kind of... Like, she's like a cute little girl, and she has ZTB. Nice. I'll do that one. That's what Japan runs, because they're fucking, like, weebs as fuck. <laughs> I mean... That's pretty true. Yeah. The, uh... One thing I definitely want to stipple in on is uh, just how good uh, Gears's uh, G guards are. Um, uh, I think Gears has one of the like the weakest G guards in the game. Really? Which one? Only, a, for like, shield purposes, like in general pretty... purposes. Like people think head around is fucking straight up retarded, right? And I'm like, um, offensively and defensively, mismatch wise, like the only thing really good about G guardians and Gears is that. The utility factor head around is good because it's like the second, like the second to best option of like a denial weapon. Yeah. But the thing is, like, if you go by how a card game is in almost any other card game, um, like a purpose of a card game is like draw engine is one of the keyest thing. Having more cards mean you have advantage, and and then the plus negging on field like field presence, like board control. That's the second thing of like a card game. Like how many cards you have in your field over your opponent. Even though you have less hands in your less cards in your hand, if you have four more units or four more monsters or four more something of them on the field, you're, and they have like uh, one monster in their hand, uh, one monster on their field, and like four cards in your hand, technically you have like seven, and they have five in total. So like in Vanguard, head around doesn't neg them anything. They go minus plus one, so they're at neutral. Rafana, same thing. It doesn't like give you plus anything. It just minus plus one so it's neutral. okay so so the thing is like in in order to uh like w with header around the argument of uh you know it, it's still the same in terms of cards depending on what you're playing against it can be absolutely destructive yeah like, yeah, like if you're not a deck that calls things from a place during the battle phase it can be absolutely awful to go all right, I'm going to head her around your, uh, fuck, I don't know, title assault. Put it back. Call the top card. Oh, it's a, it's a perfect card. Thanks. Like, it, it could what be... 
absolutely like just bat to the yeah, kneecap, that, you know? But what I'm saying is like if Gear had Denial Griffin overhead around, it would have been game over. The meta would have been just over. Like Gears would have just been ruined. Oh, like well, I do think Denial Griffin is a better like G guard than Head Around. I totally agree with that. But Head Head Around the it keeps you from losing to the the donkeyest of stuff. Donkeyest, like Wiseman. I mean. Oh. I mean. What do you mean? Wait. What? What the fuck do you mean? Denial Griffin is better because you kill. Oh the no. Wiseman. Yeah, no, I, I, I said Denial Griffin was better. Okay, like, yeah, what, yeah. what I'm trying to say is, like, G-Guardians for your uh, Gear Chronicle is not the best. It's, if anything, like, third or second. If you're just purely talking about the G-Guardian and not the deck, like, other stuff in the deck itself. The only reason Gear is good is because it's not that there's specifically one card in the deck that outright, like, makes it better. Like, okay, we look at a uh, grade 2 comparison of all the grade 2s ever made in the game and uh, compare it to Caliboom. Caliboom is shit then. Like, Caliboom is actually garbage. Like, there's other cards that does almost the same thing as Caliboom, but, like, better. You look at just History Maker on its pure own itself, it's actually garbage. And then if you look at Melon by purely by herself, it's garbage. Because, like, but the thing is, like, they're not garbage because they have, like, they all work together. Almost so, almost as if it was Gears. Work. Okay. <laughs> just. But, like, uh. <laughs> because of. So pretty much, if you put all the cards by themselves, they're like tier two, tier three cards. Yeah, but like, but, the, there's no use in look at looking at something in a vacuum because it's not. But but, but that's like, what you have to do. That's called like deck. That's how you make decks. Like that's how you uh, deck build. That's the reason. Long time ago, when Gears was like kind of getting into the meta, people while they're making decks, what they did was they just found the strongest card on their own, and ran multiples of it as much as possible, right? Because like think about upstream dragon, right? Think about that card itself. It's a it's a grade two that hits eleven k plus magic number. That's insane. That's just straight up insane, right? Because there's a lot of cards that does that. First of all, there's not like lot exists. And the thing is, it gains four k, meaning it's not eleven k. It's not like nine k that's becoming eleven k. It's a nine k becoming a thirteen k. Meaning if you boost it with like heart thump worker, it hits a new magic number, and that's more insane. But the thing is, you don't neg with this card. Because this card gives you another card, so you just plus minus again. But the card that you call could be better in a situation. So like, people ran four upstreams. The old deck list was like four history, four upstream, and like I don't know, like Caliboom or like another set of twos. But like, think about it now, upstream is not in almost any gear deck, and people are like, why? It's like you can call Melon with it, you can call like Takeaway Dragon with it, you can protect stuff with it. Why are people not running it? Because even think- though the card is card itself is really good on its own there's a tier two tier three card that works just better with the deck in general i don't i don't think people are wondering like whatever happened upstream like it, it, it's just better things have come along like that's that's life okay that's, what what's what's better than upstream on its own i'm not talking about on its own i'm talking about in the deck that's what that's what i'm trying to that's what i just said i said yeah, upstream uh, was on its own like the best thing ever but like because there are cards that are tier two tier three cards that came in like compared to upstream one-on-one is like lot lower that's why they replaced upstream i think the crux of this is that um synergy is generally a a later thought than just like raw power level like if if you're if you're just looking for the card that hits the highest number like upstream does hit 13 and so you know it's it's hitting it's, it's hitting a high number on its own but then when you think about the synergy and you start adding synergy points to other cards they end up overtaking is basically the idea yeah, that's what that's what i was trying to explain more right. or less yeah. like uh, 
think about it this way too like most decks new clans like when the ward first came out people would make some kind of like deck list right and you compare that first ever deck list made and now it's completely different like mm-hmm. morfesta is like not even used anymore like morfesta not, is not even touched it's not used in the loop version but the thing is even well, without no. the loop version they don't run her well no w- well, with uh with drag strider they do i think now because ritual sevens like really high. Yeah, so so like it's just like you said, more consistent. So the thing is, like that's the whole point of like the premise of deck building. Like a lot of people will build a deck because of like purely looking at the card on its own, and then you just think that's good enough. And that's the one thing bad about that is like if there's like the decent or smart enough player and they face that, you know, a typical deck, they'll know like the opponent's deck list without even looking at it, and right. then the benefit of just like looking at all the cards individually is that you will find cards that are both like tier two cards but you combine them they're tier zero cards so the melamin history combo that became tier zero because you look at them uh, together they're tier zero you look it up look at them separately as like uh their own card they're like tier two cards more or less um yeah synergy gen generally make like the, the whole idea of synergy is that the you know the 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 whole is greater than the sum of its parts kind of thing. Yeah. Where now the way I combine these cards is just so much better than anything could act like on its own. And, you know, adding, you can add stride abilities to this as well. And it's pretty, I mean, it all depends. You just have to play it and find out how good it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, nor- normally we, ha- during clan analyses, we have uh, a part where we're talking about like the competitive place of the deck but honestly like it's since gbto5 it's just it's tame and it's never left in some form or another um Um, the thing is like people never understand like this is the one thing i hated about north america and is that they kept saying like gear was like the best deck in the fucking world and then i'm just like okay look at all the tournament result in uh was it spring uh and like there was 24 big uh regionals and only like one like there was only i think two or three regionals out of that 24 where gears actually placed first mm-hmm. and then you look at seven seas rush like that's a whole different story like the decks that has been tier zero like legitimately tier zero was seven seas and night rose for the whole time in the meta but no one played night rose because they just thought gears was better in Japan, Night Rose was just shitting on every Japanese biggest tournaments for three whole months. The moment that Night Rose meta hit ours, people were playing gear still. And then finally, at the like the 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 three weeks of like Night Rose, uh, people started. Oh wait, Night Rose is actually like super fucking good. And North America played Night Rose for like three weeks, and then they lost their chance of playing Night Rose for three months though. Yeah, yeah. like Night Rose is dead now. Pretty much in a way. I mean, the 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 problem with Night Rose is it takes a lot of uh, like thinking to, yeah, to 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 get you yeah, still to to get the optimum number of attacks. And the only reason I know this is because our friend James, James, if you're listening, please come on the fucking show already. We want you here. You're a smart person. I I think uh, one thing too is the decision trees for Night Rose like change you like can be changed so constant like so often and are so huge. It's just most I think a lot of people A don't want to deal with it, or B just like gears is still good. I can just not move, but yeah. you know, even if it might be correct to move, like 
in Grand Fest, that moment when I went, Night Rules was Night Rules and Seven Seas were were like t- zero tier, and yeah. Gears was at tier one. And then I honestly was thinking of playing Night Rose. But then it, I, the only two reasons I didn't was one, like, I let my girlfriend play it instead. And then the second reason was, like, I just didn't think if I faced the Night Rose matchup, if the guy was just better than me, I'm going to lose. So I'm just, like, I'm just going to play a deck that I just, like, know more knowledge of and hoping and banking that if I do face a Night Rose player, even though his deck is better, that I'm just better as a player. And that's the reason, like, Top 8 and Grand Fest only had one gear player. Like, it's not because there wasn't a lot of gear players. Like, there was a lot of gear players. It's just the gear players got, like, filtered out because there are seven Cs and Night Rose players in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seven, seven Cs is... And, and I think seven Cs just dominated our worlds, too. Yeah, minus, last, minus last some, worlds, the yeah, cheating mi- thing. Minus some rules, uh, not understanding how rules work. Um, I mean, the Gears player, I guess, also did that. But <laughs> time leaping GG into Melon. GG into Mellow? Yeah, that happened in our worlds. <laughs> oh, God. One to one. Yeah, I know, right? It was just actually... Our, our worlds was actually absurd. I don't even want to, I don't even want to discuss it. <laughs> we're, we're a joke, apparently. Well, North America is fucking jokes in Vanguard. <laughs> but, uh... But, yeah. Uh, I, I completely agree with what you said. I think uh, Night Rose was definitely better at that time period. Like, it's still better now. Like, I thought about it. Like, it's going to be still good until Vanquisher comes out. So there's still a time frame to, like, abuse it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's a high skill cap deck. Like, I can barely fucking play. Like, if I if I never invested my time into, like, your Conical and invested into Night Rose, like, I probably can play it. I think what's just different about Nairos than, like, most other decks is most decks, when you enter your battle phase, are, like, not much more can happen. But Nairos is like, oh, my, my turn is still, like, just as open as it was when I started. Yeah, because um, most... Like, the thing about Vanguard is, like, you gotta think, like, back back in the old days, every fucking clan, every fucking deck ever made was so autopilot that you didn't have to think. You had three attacks, maximum per turn, nothing more, nothing less. They added multiple attack factors, but the thing was, it was just, like, give and read and take and do it. Yeah. But, like, yeah, like, the thing about, like, Gears and Night Rose, those two decks specifically, um, you have so many attack options that you just have to manage your resource properly. And by doing it, you can have multiple attacks. And then Night Rose is just, like, more of a complex and battle step, because because you have Serpent... Um, you can do multiple attacks just because you have something you can counter charge well in your attack, like in your battle phase. There's not a lot of cards you can counter charge in your battle phase besides like on hit counter charge kind of stuff. More or less. Um, well, if uh, if there are no objections, I it would be time for the last segment, which is uh, you work at Bushiroad in the uh, card design department and you've just been fired but you were about to send some cards down to the printer you in your uh, post-fired rage decide I'm going to break Gear Chronicle break Gear Chronicle which honestly that's not really much of a stress so basically you just just come up with broken ass shit for Gears I just it's like a big sweeping thing um Honestly, there's Some, not much you can do. Something but, that restands twice, or I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, 
Well, there's already something broken in Gear Chronicle in Japan. It's the it's the it's the combo where you can have infinite. It's a it's a Wiseman combo, like Gear got Wiseman combo in Japan. Wait, how? What's the combo? Um, pretty much. Well, I have a video of it. Uh, but pretty much, you use the stand trigger from GBT09, the yeah. the RAM. Yeah. And then you use the new uh, grade two that's coming out. That's like a golden, uh, unicorn. Uh-huh. And then you use Cruiser Dragon, and then you use the Counter-Charging uh, Serpent. But pretty much by using those four cards, and while your deck is like super thinned out, you can keep recycling them, those specifically four, and keep calling uh, units that hits like a 11k plus base, keep attacking. Like it's Because it's like, it's really hard to explain the interaction. It's better for like a visual, mm-hmm. but you pretty much have a loop. You can See constantly what? attack. And right now, when the panel was talking about their uh, like their ban list, some guy made like a fake ban list, and the ban list had Tibble, the the Ram, and something else in it. But like that wasn't too far fetched. People were laughing at that ban list that that was like faked because they're like, why is that Ram there? And like, this is why North American players like don't fucking know what's going on. Yeah. Pretty sure, pretty sure it hates loops, so I assume they'll do something about it. Like, like. People like a lot of people don't know the wise man combo was made by a Japanese man, yep. and the like. The thing is like, and then the wise man combo was out for a long period of time, but North America didn't abuse it because they didn't know like how the fuck it worked. And then not only, uh, that, not only that, people here sometimes do this thing like I don't want to play a deck that's scummy. Like yeah, that, we get a we get a lot of that where it's like I don't want to be a dick or like people care more about their standing with their friends and not their tournament standing which that's not a bad thing to be or like i find this boring fine but don't be like how come i'm losing cuz you're not taking the best route it's just if if you take the the road less traveled sure you'll write a cool poem robert frost but you'll also take the one with the trees and shit and sometimes trees hurt that metaphor went off the rails. This is the thing about anything that has a competitive side. Like, no one likes to lose in life. No one likes to lose. Like, it's just a feeling. Even if you lose with friends, it sucks. But you can have fun while losing. But no one wants to lose intentionally. No one wants to be forced to lose. Mm-hmm. So by, you know, in a way, um, winning, that's a better feeling. But if someone gave you a way and taught you a way to win, even though it's scummy, if it's not cheating or anything, right? Like if it's like hard work learning something and you win, what other feelings would you want besides that? And that's what in a way you can incorporate to Vanguard. Like I didn't pick up gears and then put on a fucking helmet and autopilot it. I (laughs) picked up gears. Dude, when I first picked up this gear deck, I was a fucking moron. I thought like, holy shit, I have a tier S deck. And I can't even fucking play it. I'm a fucking dipshit moron. So what I did, like, at that period of time, I know life Vanguard because, like, I wanted to just be good at it because I had six other friends that were, like, tier one players in Vanguard. And I wanted to be their friend. So in my in my point of view, I'm like, only way I can be into that limelight group is, like, I have to play well. So I went out and Googled, researched everything I can possibly find about this fucking clan. And then I theorycraft for like three months my own deck build that no one else thought of. And I'm like, this deck build is the best gear deck build, especially for me. And then I just shit on everyone. And then I got accepted to that group. And I'm just like, you know what? Winning is fun. You make friends. 
you can talk about more stuff you're more integrated into the game it's mm-hmm. like the reason like i wouldn't have met atlas or like nexus corp if i didn't win grand fest like it's the thing it's like wait you, all... you met us before you won though but like i don't think i would have been this close though gotcha yeah that's true right like yeah, and the other absolutely. thing is um I wouldn't have okay, so like in Grand Fest, the third place winner was Nikki Goldman. Uh he was hella salty after I beat him. Like and, but then like the thing is me and Nikki are like best of friends and now we're on the same team together. Mm-hmm. Like we're like team uh, PPG, like the ultra pro sponsored team. Okay. And I'm just like thank you. But like yeah. this is the thing. Like I never would have never got like so many opportunities slash like made friends, like valuable friends in Vanguard if I wasn't good at the game. Like you don't wanna be friends with someone that's like bad at the game. It's, but even if they're, like, the nicest person, like, yeah, like, you can be friends with them. But do you want to honestly play someone that's, like, dog shit at the game because they're not putting any effort into learning it? Like, no. Do you want to be friends with someone that doesn't have, like, a proper education? It's, like, it's all that small shit, like, matters so much. It's, like, you just don't want to, like, be friends with someone that has no innate value. Like, and a value could be personality, right? Like, that's fine. But if you don't have that, like, you have to have and find yourself value. And in Vanguard, the only value you can really show... Is that how good you are? It's that. You know what I mean? Like, if you meet someone new, like, you're not going to be, like... You can be a nice guy, but after you beat them or after you lose them, it's like, bye-bye. Yeah, I, I play a lot of uh, I play a lot of Magic the Gathering, and uh, there's, there's a format called Draft, which I really like. And just being good at Draft or, like, studying Draft a lot... Yeah, people like, respect you. And they'll be like, oh, how do you Draft? Like, mm-hmm. And then and you that's can how talk you about draft. all your decisions and, like it goes really deep and so you can have like really long thoughtful conversations like i'm i'm in i'm in the works right now trying to find a trying to find some like draft camp kind of stuff or like team drafts for like it's like really like it's basically gambling but don't tell anybody <laughs> okay podcast, <laughs> it's just going public but okay <laughs> but like the thing is like when i start trying to play Yu-Gi-Oh again i'm playing a fucking tier zero deck and i face people in a mirror matchup and they do combos that i've never tried before instantly i just gave give them my respect and just ask them like after the game like hey mm-hmm. can you teach me that and like and i try to befriend them like that's the thing i love it when i get a broken deck and like when i when i, when I play a card game i love broken decks you just feel like your opponent's not even playing the same game as you yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think right now vanguard is like in a state where like okay we look at it like two months ago there was only like tier zero tier one decks that's like there's only like three really good decks like that's uncontestable pretty much but now i i think i'm like proud to say like you know for like the vanguard community there's like eight tier s tier like one tier two decks tier zero decks you know like yeah. so many options yeah. I, I think the metagame now is a lot better than it was uh you know like like, like vanguard did something really good in yeah. a while like they uh, balanced their game yeah. to an extent mm-hmm. i mean I, I think even having close to a third of the clans is like very strong result like it's so hard to you know like every clan is not going to be good ever it's just not going to happen but i think a third is like pretty strong well, what yeah. do you expect from a game that's like forcefully restrict because there's archetypes, like not archetype, clan, like clan specific? But now yeah. they're adding the the nation ZR thing, like that could slowly make all clans better. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. My well, my, my my current concern is like the United Sanctuary one being like two hundred dollars or something stupid. <laughs> I mean, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Uh, any any other things you guys want to mention about? Gear Chronicle. That's uh, sweet. That's yeah, uh, cool, <laughs> cool aesthetic, but I don't know. I don't think I can go back ever again. 
Sure you can. I, just have to swallow your honestly, pride. Honestly, I, no. I hate playing Gear Chronicles right now. <laughs> Seriously? Why? Yeah, because, like, um, unexplain it. Like, the more I play the deck, like, okay, the last time I ever fucking touched Vanguard was, like, 14 days ago or 15 days ago. Oh. I haven't, like, touched it. But, like, i just been watching Vanguard. And, like, why watching Vanguard? Like, right now in Japan, the their tier list is, um, uh, the higher tier decks right now is OTT. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, yeah. these, all of these decks I'm saying right now, they're, like, like, they're all in, like, a same group. So it's, like, OTT, Vanquisher, Gear Chronicle, Wiseman, Luard, Bladewing, Nubatama, Night Rose, Blademaster, Asha, and Blaster Blade. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, those are all at the same tier group. M- mostly Asha and Nubatama. I wasn't expecting those, but... I, I don't uh, know how Asha's there. That's the only deck I don't know. Like, Numa is uh, it, it's, it's tier one it's for pretty, uh, three months. Okay. okay, it's pretty explosive, and it's only uh, bad matchup is Link Joker. So if you have something else that discourages the usage of Link Joker, then, yeah. That said, but, Kagero does fuck up in Japan, they bit. don't play, play Link Joker at all. Link Joker is, like, irrelevant in Japan. That's the reason, yeah. like, that's there's so I'm much saying. diversity. That's, what, that's why... Uh, was it uh, Asha is so prevalent right now? Is because there's no Link Joker. Oh no, I'm not saying for Asha. I'm saying for like uh, for for Nuba. I thought you were talking about Nuba being fucked by Link Joker. Oh, that too. But like, th- I, I think it stands uh, for both. Link, Link Joker does keep a lot of decks out. It's it's very oppressive, even even if it's not that great, just because the mechanic is so silly. Yeah. Like like in Japan, how they saw Messiah was like a tier, like a very bottom tier two to a high tier 3 deck and they looked at chaos breaker as like a bottom tier 1 deck for a long time because like the thing is like there's no point in, like in Japan center to play a deck in a tournament where there's money involved or like any significant value with a tier 2 under deck there's just just no point and then the thing about messiah right like it's the deck that can actually fuck up some tier 1 deck but in like specific matchups like like the I guess, in a way, like, Nubatama vs. Messiah, or something like that, right? Like, the thing is, it doesn't happen. Because when those people, they actually care about winning. But in North America, you fucking go to, like, uh, like a, what was it, a regional, and you look at, like, the percentage of people playing their clan, you see, like, Link Joker at, like, top three percentage every fucking time. Because in people's mind, Link Joker is, in a way, like, autopilot, right? You just put on your fucking helmet, and you just <laughs> play the deck. And you fucking play, um... I don't know, like Star Vader freeze ray and like Messiah build or Chaos build, like that that's like autopilot as fuck. It's like they attack, you take damage, you lock. Okay. End turn. I think freeze ray is just awful. I mean like I, I think awesome. like Messiah I, I think is just awful, I meant. Like oh, I just okay. I just I think people uh, do this thing where they see their opponents playing Link Joker and they like forget how to play Vanguard. Oh yeah. It's fucking <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Like what do I do? I can't, I can't I can't think anymore. Like don't 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 summon anything. Get the first try off. Play the grade two game. It's like fucking Messiah has everything G restricted. It's like a shittier version of Chaos Breaker in a way. I'm gonna drop my hand and attack you. Yeah. So stupid. I mean, I don't know. I Axel, what does that uh, that helmet look like to you? Like in your imagination, I'm curious. You know the, the bucket, like, it's like the construction worker helmet. Oh, okay. Wait, Matt, what were you saying? You know the construction work, uh, the South Park episode where Cartman joins the Special Olympics? Oh, and the oh my god! Helmet? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I see when when I face a blaster player, pretty much. Oh, yeah. 
I'm in the Special Olympics. <laughs> oh, by the way, like, Nubatama is tier one. Like, and people just don't know why. And my reasoning is like, my deck list is kind of like the reason. Because it's a deck list like most Japan players adapted to. It, you run eight 10k vanillas. Yeah, I've seen people do that. But the um, thing is, people don't know why they do it. Well, so you don't like, get rushed, because that was the way to... No, that's not even it. That's not, that's not even it. Like, oh, the true reason. So, your grade 2 lineup... So, you don't run Furai. Furai is the one that you Soul Blast 1, call a unit from their drop zone to the field. Yeah, and then every because... time something attacks, gets 2k. Yeah. And then you don't rely on Muj... Uh, uh, not Mujin. Uh, Mujin Lord, yeah. You rely on Mugen Tenbu, and then you... Re- like, there's multiple ways of, like, playing Nubama, but, like, the execution, there's better executions. So, um, first of all, uh, like I said, card advantage is like a big thing in Vanguard. So usually when you play the grade 2 game, and if your opponent's on grade 3, you technically mag because they have 200, you don't. So why you run 10, 8K, uh, t- uh, 10, 10, uh, 8, 10k vanillas Vanillas. is for the rewriting purpose, right? So it's, oh. so like, so you, what you do is, when you see an opponent, and they're a tier 1 deck, like if they're especially a tier 1 deck, you want to get the first ride off. So you just rewrite your 10k and 10k, and you don't put any rear guards down because why? You don't want them to give them an option to attack their rear guards. So you just summon your vanguard, and then, like, I mean, you ride your vanguard 10k base. It's their turn. They skip their phase, you can see reese them. Cool. If they don't skip their phase and they rewrite, okay, I'll rewrite to a 10k base. But the thing is, most decks won't be able to rewrite on their vanguard with a 10k base because no decks can afford to run more than four 10k base like gear chronicle runs like three to four serpents so if you have more 10k base more rewrite they have to eventually forfeit or they'll be attacking with a 9k and you're a 10k base and they have to force a booster behind it so they're going to attack for 16k okay they lose a card from their hand and then if you get their first stride what happened is like after your first stride depending regardless of what their hand advantage is because you're prolonging the grade two game you get your combo pieces and when i say combo pieces fuki Fuki's the grade one when your opponent has three or more card in their hand, you counterblast one, put into soul, and you randomly pick a card from their hand and bind it face down. So because you played a prolonged grade two game, your damage count and their damage count is gonna be like four to five. So what happened is like after your first stride, you go into your second stride, the unit that counterblast is two, flip a, any unit up and bind every card from their hand besides four. So what you do is you go into that unit and then you use double Fuki or single Fuki, to make their hand from a 4 to a 3 or a 4 to a 2 card. And then you summon two rear guards, and you have your stride skill that gives you a free hit, and then you just kill them, because they can only have two cards to guard with. That's how you play Nubatama. You, I faced a Bermuda player that was laughing his ass like the whole game through, because he had like 16 cards in the hand, because I had played an absurd grade 2 game. I went to second stride that unit, I said, bind your whole hand. Bind your uh, 12 card from your hand right now. And he did it, and I I run three Fukis, and I had two in my hand because I was saving them. And I used double Fuki, he has two cards in his hand, he's at four damage, and he died. I like, mean, that's how you play Nuba. Okay, that's that's fair, but also, it's the Deer Chronicle episode. <laughs> Hooray, getting but, on to- off topic. Yeah, that, that, like, that, was a, that, was a cool, that was a cool segment, I really enjoyed that. I, me too, but like, so n- now, now people know why there's uh, eight 10k Vanillas. Now we know. What? GB8 is retarded for Nuba. Like, I went oh, to it, yeah, like, my third sure. stride multiple times. That thing's the crazy. The GB8 is crazy. Yeah. It's the strongest GB8 in the game. 
Mm, yeah, probably. I'm thinking because about you, it. Because the option is you, you can counter blast one or soul blast one, and every time they put a uh, card to the Guardian Circle, they have to ditch two cards. So, I mean, they put a 5k town to the Guardian Circle, they have to ditch two cards. Mm-hmm. Then they put another guard, you have to di- ditch two cards. Like, mm-hmm. I was facing a guy, he had 10 cards in his hand. Because he was just guarding for one attack, he had to pitch two cards from his hand to put into Guardian Circle. That means he loses four cards in his hand. So he pitched six cards in total to guard for one attack. Yeah. That's crazy. I, I too, have played against Mayhem Tiger. Uh, yeah. Mayhem Tiger? You mean? Well, well no, just, just like it's that same kind of principle of like yeah. every time you put something down, they're popping it over and over. No, no, it's, no, no, it's not popping it. You don't pop the, the Guardian. You have to discard like... You have to, this card, like, okay, so anytime your opponent places a card from their hand, uh, a card from their hand to the Guardian Circle, you can choose to Counter Blast one or Soul Blast one, and they must discard two cards from their hand. Yeah. Two cards from their hand. They just have to do it ASAP. Like they can't yeah. even like the way guarding is supposed to work is you put down one card, check at a time. For, check check for um you know triggers, then put down another card, check for triggers, another card, check for triggers, etc. 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 So technically, they put down one card, have to discard two. They put down another card, they discard two more. Yeah. Like, it's just, it, it tears apart their hand. You, you attack them with, like, a 28k, and they're 11k base. They have to drop two 10k, like, trigger from their hand. The moment they put one one down and the other one down, you have to, you counter blast, what, two, so blast two, it doesn't matter. They discard four cards in their hand. Yep. Makes sense. Yes. Um, the Nuba GB8, when I first read it, I thought it was, like, counter blast one and soul blast one. Then I reread yeah. it, and I'm like, no, no, no. This or it's one or the other. Cards are much better. It is unfortunate that the Nuba G Guard in that Fires collection was really bad. Yeah. Actually, it's it's okay. It's. Not I mean, best. it gives your opponent a, a choice, which I really hate. I don't like it when my opponent have options. <laughs> I like to give them zero options. Yeah. Um. Well. Uh, anything else? I, I think we. <laughs> we well, were I mean, talking about we, we, yeah, we, 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 we went to a completely different plan. Oh, okay. Hybrid is fucking garbage. Any gear player that's listening to the podcast and you play hybrid, you're straight up fucking retarded and garbage. <laughs> like, I, because, like, the thing is, there's only one thing about hybrid that's good, and I swear to God, no Americans, no American, no, no single English-speaking American Vanguard player will know this combo, right? Or, like, Canadian, even. Like, I, I think I'm the only one that knows it, because I went out of my way and watched fucking like so many videos but there's one hybrid combo that's really good and that's it like and besides that like the whole point of a hybrid deck for gear is like half ctp half uh time leap it's like stupidest shit i've fucking seen in my life i mean most of the time hybrids are because you can't uh go in you know one direction one or the other and and thus you end up sucking at both yeah so what your life so much easier to just pick one pretty much um well we uh we hope you enjoyed this clan analysis thanks for coming on the show axel you can you can find us uh on twitter at nexus at night you can find me at atlas novak uh matt where you can find me at wiggums two g's two z's yeah uh axel or is there anybody any place on social media you want people to find you um, you can find me on Twitter at Axel underscore Haptism, H-A-P-T-I-S-M. Okay. And, uh, I guess I have a YouTube, but, like, I don't think, I don't have, like, a, like, a proper name for it. I guess you can just search up, like, Axel Haptism again. Oh. Maybe pop out, I don't know. I mean, 
if uh, I mean, if they follow you on Twitter and you start posting on YouTube, then just post on the Twitter and they'll find you on YouTube. I guess. But, true, yeah. true, true. Um, right, you well, yeah, that that was the the last of the clan analyses. So, people who have been listening from the beginning, thank you for listening this whole time. Uh, in the future, people have asked me if uh, I would ever consider like doing an updated one. But the way we cover all of the sets, I think that there's no reason to because we're just going to be talking about that clan and how it's affected by each set going forward. So we're just not going to do that again. But that also means we have to come up with uh, other ideas for episodes. So if you have an idea, uh, tweet us because uh, we run out of shit eventually. So until next time, I was Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm Axel. And have a good night, everyone. take the time to thank anybody who found this podcast uh i also recommend sharing it with your friends family anybody who likes vanguard uh you can find us on soundcloud or on your podcast app that little purple thing that goes in the folder that of the stuff you can't delete like stocks who uses stocks anyway you can also tweet me atlas novak so at a-t-l-a-s-n-o-v-a-c-k you can also tweet at nexus at night n-e-x-u-s-a-t-n-i-g-h-t or you can tweet the Nexus Core YouTube channel, so at N-E-X-U-S-C-O-R-P-S. Be sure to check out that YouTube channel. Uh, we have, you know, card fights and deck profiles and all that good stuff.